Welcome to the FPA Business Before Technology podcast, where our goal is to provide small business owners and key decision makers with valuable nuggets to help you grow or simply improve how you run your business, ultimately looking to increase your profitability. My name is Craig Pollock. I'm the founder and CEO of FPA Technology Services, and I'm your host for this podcast. Do you ever wonder what other business owners are running up against out there? Are you too busy working in your business to work on your business? Do you ever feel like you're in this thing alone? Are you at a crossroad with your business where some new ideas would help? For nearly 30 years, I've been helping companies grow and improve their businesses by leveraging technology, whether it's software, hardware, on-prem, or in the cloud, and at the same time, building FPA into the premier IT service provider in the greater Los Angeles area. This experience has given me exposure to hundreds of businesses and all sorts of systems, and as a lifelong learner has helped me gather all I could about the ins and outs of running a business. And these are the sorts of things I want to share with you on this podcast. In today's podcast, I sit down with Paige Murphy, professional connector and regional director of Provisors, the leading networking group for professional service firms. Paige is a passionate and dynamic professional offering a broad perspective developed over her years of working with networking groups and chambers of commerce. Paige is an amazing communicator and simply one of the best people persons I've ever run across. Her focus on personal development, networking, and business interactions will provide our listeners with some super valuable nuggets. These are just some of the reasons I'm so excited to have Paige on our podcast and share some of her insights with you today. So here we go. Let's dive into our conversation with Paige. All right, Paige Murphy, welcome to the podcast. I so appreciate your time and energy and so look forward to our discussion that we have coming up. Thank you for being here. I'm happy to be here and it's an honor to chat about all things networking. Yeah, no, I. every time we talk, it's just the greatest conversations. And so I thought this would be, this would be really valuable for our listeners. And, you know, we do a lot of work with a number of different professional service firms, different types of professional service firms. And right. I mean, we, we get 95, 98% of our, our new business comes from referrals. Right. And so it's all about networking. It's all about who you meet and who, you know, right. And yeah. you know, we, we all know the no, no like, and trust mantra and you probably better than anyone here. <laughs> I, I love your, like I said, I love your title on LinkedIn, Professional Connector. So maybe we can start off with, you know, just tell us a little bit about yourself and, and then we can kind of work your work our way to how you got to where you're at now. But let's start off with a little background. Yeah, well, thank you. Um, so Professional Connector, and I'm going to go back to the beginning. So I'm originally from Southwest Wisconsin. I grew up in an entrepreneurial family. I grew up in a town of less than 500. My parents and their parents all owned things. So I was always around small business owners and always in the mix of working class America. And one thing I noticed at a very young age is it would be helpful if people would connect with each other and ask, ask for help or ask for resources. But Nonetheless, I was put at tables at a really young age, physically, because we had a family-run supper club, hmm. and I was around uh, the CEOs of various businesses, and what I would do at a young age, and I didn't know, is I was connecting them back and forth um, while working at the family restaurant. So very young, grew into different roles throughout the restaurant world, 
and continued that through my course of high school and college. And then in college, I studied uh, communications, journalism, and marketing and kind of made a big ball of things there to essentially say, I want to professionally connect people. I want to be able to be kind of like an informational hub and guide people for guide people in ways that they can help with something that they're not the best at. So what happened is my one of my PR principals or my meeting and events teachers, Dr. BJ Reed, she said, you would be great in Chamber of Commerce. You'd be absolutely great, Paige, because you're already working with those people. You already know how business works because you've been talking through it fluently since you were young. You just you're primed yourself for this and you didn't even know it. So I interned at a big chamber at a, I was first five-star chamber, which is like the highest award you can get the Dubuque area chamber of commerce. And I started there at 20 and I interned there for three years and I was put at tables that if it wasn't for my, my previous boss and mentor, Barry Gentry, I wouldn't have become the person I am now because I sat and I, and I listened on how the mega connectors, the professional connectors were working with each other and how they were, how everything connects because no one profession is siloed. We all touch each other. All Mm -hmm. the professional services somehow overlap. And so I was in the grind of that at 20. And so I was at events, ribbon cuttings, city council meetings. I was at development meetings and I was seeing how all the different pieces would play and how people would connect with each other on certain needs. And then I eventually went in to be an executive director of a smaller chamber back in Wisconsin for three years where I developed roles within the community on how to represent the business voice and how to connect people at the the members at a local level mm-hmm. and a little bit at state level, but mostly local. Right. And then I went back to the big chamber, um, the Dubuque Area Chamber of Commerce, and I did another four or five years there. So I put about 10 years in at that point. And then I came out to Southern California and I landed on provisors, but the whole process was member management. So it was connecting people, being the pulse, being in the pulse of the community and listening and Mm -hmm. listening and understanding where buzzwords were. And because I was a listener and because I was observant, I could say, Hey, this is where I would recommend you to go. Or why don't you come try out this subcommittee within um, our within the city or something like that. So I would right. be able to right. gauge them, listen to what they needed, help them identify an obstacle and give them a solution that would work for them. And then I came to California and then provisors happened, right? And then right. provisors is completely high level connecting. And mm-hmm. so provisors is a, is a referral organization of the no like and trust where it is our whole role to be a resource to each other at just that higher level. And it's a little bit more fast paced, mm-hmm. but that's how the professional connector played in from youth to 35 now. Right. So I have 15 right. years of this member membership management underneath my belt. So that must've been quite a change going from you know, Wisconsin and Iowa to Los Angeles. It's a change of scenery, a change Mm -hmm. of business climate, a change of diversity of just needs market, just 
working in different market levels. You know, we're mainly lower middle market, but you do have some middle market here. So understanding right. how business at a higher dollar value is a little bit different. Not saying that it's not done in the Midwest, but it's uh -huh. more prevalent out here. Right. Well, I mean, just size scale, right? I mean, Correct. Los Angeles County is, is, is bigger than I think half our states, right? I mean, it's yes. just crazy how, how many people we have here. Yes. So can you tell us a little bit about Provisors? And yes. Further, like what, what your role is? Because I know as, as regional director, I, I, I often lean on you, not that I'm a big player in the, in, the, in the group, but often lean on you. And I know our group leans on you and you always come through and always have the right person to connect us with or the right, you know, approach to take. But yeah. tell, tell us a little bit about Provisors and what, what, how that works. Sure. So your group leader was the co-founder of Provisors. Yeah. So this and is a 30 plus year business. And the whole model is to um, build professional networks with certain professions within each group. So each group is self-sustainable and to meet once a month and do a trike after. So what we do at Provisors is we make sure that we have a mix of diverse professions that can get together and have a tenured background, have a clientele, existing clientele that they're already working with. And most times they are also doing another avenue of networking within their community. Like they sit on a, like they are, they're a coach or they're on city council or they're the commissioner. It's just high elevated people within a group that know how to connect with each other. So what I do at Provisors is I look to see what the needs are of each group. So each group has a certain matrix or a certain list of professionals that are in there. And my role is to see, okay, there's a need for this, or there's not necessarily a need for this profession in the group and work with the group leader and help the group leader identify the advantages and the gaps within the groups. But the, the group leaders that are coming in are already very well established. They right. already have right. not only influence within their community, but social influences within all the circles they're in. Mm -hmm. And so when you have when you have the right leader in the group, I then am just talking to them kind of like not so much consulting, but a little bit coaching back and forth because they essentially tell me where they feel they need a little bit more help or where they feel like they're doing really good at. So I talk to them at a 30,000 foot view to say, Hey, are there any holes? And then I talk to them if we need to do like a, there is a member problem or if there's an EC problem, and then I will help address that and we'll mm -hmm. do a game together. But my role is to make sure that each of the groups within from Sherman Oaks to Santa Barbara in Southern California to a little bit of Central California have the right people in the group. And I lean on the group leaders who run this region. And right. I can't say that loud enough. They run this region. They are great at connecting within their group. They're great at building agendas. But we make sure that that peer group is constantly meeting, that the region is meeting at least once a quarter mm -hmm. to talk about ways that um, good and bad of what's happening in a group. Right. So to sum that up, my role is to oversee the region, the group leaders, and make sure that the new members coming in are the members we want in Provisors. And I do kind of like a discovery um, interview questionnaire with them before right. they come. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I have to say, you know, Provisors is such a great 
group, at least at least our group and, and the ones that I've, you know, touched, the ones mm-hmm. that I've guested on and the affinity groups. But it's interesting because, you know, you, you, you hear about networking and you think about it in terms of, oh, it's, it's, it's an opportunity uh, to get business, right? That's, I mean, at the end of the day, that, that, that's sort of the primary driver, right? I think most people are joining because they want to get business. But the reality is, is that, that is, that is, I don't want to say an unattended consequence, but it's not a direct consequence, right? It's about relationships. It's about giving. And, and personally, you know, to reveal a little bit, I joined Provisors a while back and then I left and then I came back. And the first time I was in, I, I was in the wrong headspace. I wasn't in the right headspace. And when I came back thinking about giving more than getting, you know, the floodgates opened, right? And, oh, of course. Like, yeah. so the give, the giving mindset coming in, mm-hmm. it, it makes you more authentic. It, it makes the, your intention, which is you need to know what your intention is coming in. Right. Um, if, if you come in to any network and your intention is only to get, you can smell that. Mm-hmm. No one wants to do business with somebody that intentionally is coming in to get from you. Right. 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 And then we look and we look at, um, we look at ourselves when we go into a network and we're like, well, okay, what am I bringing to the table? You know, and you look at you, Craig, and like, would you sit across from you? Mm-hmm. Would you want to network with you? And so those are some of the deep diving questions of, am I connected? Do I talk to my clients? Am I a resource outside of my clients? Because when you go into a network, you're not always going to be able to refer to the person that you're in a setup meeting with or the mm-hmm. person you're next to. Right. But you are more than just your job. You come from a family. You have an interest. You have a community, uh, you have a hobby or an interest, and you have passions. And those all have their own networks, whether you see it or not. So if you don't have business for them directly, it doesn't mean that you can't connect with them outside of the silo of work, the live, play, do business. I mean, that's the mantra from chamber days, but nonetheless, you still have those other avenues that make you, you, right? Right. So networking is limitless. You have limit, limitless opportunities to be a resource to someone else because we are all connected through the six degrees, right? We are all, we are all connected somehow. And it is just asking those questions those open-ended questions to listen and be an observer and to then make yourself a resource, right? Mm-hmm. So you right. come in with that intention of being just being a resource and you will do wonders within the groups that you're in. It doesn't matter what the network is, right? but you will, you come in with that mindset, you are going to be very powerful. The, the other positive, which I, I definitely don't want to minimize, is because of the quality of the people in the group or groups, um, it's really easy to find new friends, like just, yes. just to meet people that you like, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it's something that, that having three semi-grown kids, they're in college, so I guess I don't know where that fits in terms of grown, not grown, but... Um, 
right? When you're a kid, it's really easy to make friends because you're just exposed to people, right? You're exposed to all these kids and you, you, you know, you're just forced to, right? But as we get into this, our work lives and everything else, it's way harder to, to, to make friends. Not that it's not hard to make acquaintances, right? But deep, right. meaningful friends, right? And so this, for me, this has been a great opportunity because I meet, you know, quality people who care, who do good work, who care about their work, who care about relationships. And, and there are so many similarities, you know, whether you have the same interests or not, that's stuff that you figure out along the way. But when you do, you know, there's, there's a couple of times where you go, wow, this is, you know, this was the price of admission, just meeting this person. Right. And oh forgetting about, forgetting about work, mm -hmm. business and blah, blah, blah. Right. I mean, there's so many ways that my, my life, and I'm, I can only use me as an example, but my life has been improved just knowing some of the people that I know in these groups. Right. And I think well, that, you, I mean, you are who you surround yourself with, who you're hanging 100%, out with. Right. And so you're in the consistency and the continuity of provisors is monthly. So mm -hmm. the minimum is once a month, you're meeting with a group of 30 around 30, and then you're doing a trico, which is a three person meeting after. So you're doing a large and then intimate meeting. Right. But like you said, meeting the friends, it takes, I mean, I don't, there is a study out there that it takes about 90 hours to really learn someone. Mm -hmm. So that's about nine touch points just for one person. So the mindset, the intention and in going in and being fully present and being a resource and then understanding that it takes time. Uh, we don't, we come into a very uh, fast paced, uh, instant gratif gratification society Big time. where when, yep. when you, when you get to the provisors level or when you get to a networking or referral organization where the, the average professional has seven to 10 years of experience in there, they've put in the work. Mm -hmm. Instant gratification isn't how they got to where they are. Right. So really taking the time to get to know a, a fellow member is critical. Mm -hmm. And like, and like you said, the interests. So the interests are so wide. We have members that'll mountain bike together, that'll play pickleball, do kickboxing, do martial arts, or, you know, sip and paint or do karaoke. It's just limitless because we have special interests. We have like a focal, like focus points groups and like I said, you can't go in there with a closed mindset saying that I am only here to do this and this is all I'm going to learn because provisors is way bigger than that. Right. Networking is way bigger than that. Well, and the, the talent of the people that you're involving yourself with are, is bigger than that, right? It's like, yeah. why why would you ever come in and limit yourself? Uh, and, and I would say that, you know, all the successful people, successful in terms of networking or whatever you want to call it, they're just open right? It's just, how can I help you? Right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, 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 it's so refreshing to be around people that aren't around, aren't about, you know, what can I get rather than what can I give? Right. And, oh. and any little thing, right. And I'm, I'm a hundred percent that way. It's like, Hey guys, if, if you have an IT issue or you're, or not, whatever, I'm, I'm here for you. Call me, you know, the, the value of expert advice, mm -hmm. an introduction, are both equally huge. You will have transactional work happen, the referrals will happen, but that introduction and that expert advice is is invaluable. Mm -hmm. So making yourself, you know, you being an expert in your field, making yourself available to take those calls, 
like just because of the way that karma works, it just comes back to you in all good ways. It does. It really, I'm, I'm such a huge believer in that. And I think this, yeah. these are some of the things that we, we kind of synced on earlier was just, I am such a big believer in what comes around, goes around. And, and if you do the right yeah. things for the right reasons, it'll come back to you. And right. Like you said, anybody who's in provisors, who's, who's, who's focused on their career for seven to 10 years or whatever it is. Yeah. They're not, they're not looking for the short-term payoff. They're, they're no. looking long-term and all of us are, are all basing all of these referrals on our reputation. Right. And that's all we have at the end of the day, right. At the end of the day, after all of this, it's our reputation. Right? It is. And it's important to make sure that it's, it's current too, not only just in your networking groups, but mm -hmm. um, falling behind the times in technology is a great way to just crucify yourself a little bit. Um, not having your Certainly something these days. <laughs> yes. I mean, LinkedIn is, uh, is huge. I mean, LinkedIn has been around since 2003. Um, it's still a, like, I don't know if it's still the number one platform for business net networking, but I'm pretty sure oh. that's how our, I, I, would, I would think so. No question. Yeah. yeah. It's how our 8,000 some odd members connect. Mm -hmm. We are on there. It is daily not having a presence or not having it updated is not working in your favor. Just the, I mean, going into the provisor's website and not having your short bio or your long bio filled out. It's like, this is how people see you. So everything like our Westlake two group leader, Don Lanson said, everything is branding. Mm -hmm. And um, making sure that you are current and that it has, you know, double, double set of eyes on it. Uh, and we always have people in the organization that are willing to look after um, something you've written or something that you put online to make sure it looks okay or that it's clear, right. that we understand what it is you do. So there's nothing muddy about it. Yeah. That's another thing that I would love a, a takeaway piece is making sure that you know what it is you do and you're conveying it correctly. You, your talking point, um, there's always something on your desk. There's always a client story. There's always a challenge in your, in your industry and having industry trends available, having a client story available. And part of your speech is something that you can keep current every single time that you connect with someone. Because it is not, it, it's ageless, right? There is no, it's, it's ageless to be able to say information. I shouldn't say ageless. I should say it's prevalent to have current information, make sure that we're mixing it up a little bit and that we aren't becoming stale. Mm -hmm. We're not stale with the way that we're introducing ourselves or the way that we're connecting with people that we've already connected with before. Right. Uh, because everything you do is a story. Everything you do can be a narrative. Everything you do is how people see you. Yeah. You know, it's all about perceptions, right? I agree a hundred percent. I mean, I think you brought up a good point. I'd, I'd like to elaborate a little bit on, on, in two ways. One is, I don't know how many times I go, you know, I'll meet people and then I, the first thing I do is go to LinkedIn and, you know, connect with them, learn more about them, see who they're connected to, see what content they've created or what activities they've done or who they follow. I think it's just such, I, I don't, I don't think people who, who really don't have a pulse of technology understand how critical LinkedIn really is, right. Or how beneficial it could be. And the second point I'd make is 
not even on LinkedIn, but how did you get so wise at your age? Like, I'm just, I'm like, <laughs> I, told, like I was so ahead of the curve. It's amazing. I was put at tables at a very young age by my mentor, that mentor that I learned by sitting in on thousands of meetings. Mm -hmm. And so when I was given that, that avenue and, you know, I would, he was never going to do the work for me. He always let me fail if I was going to fail. And I had such a, that, that was huge for me at a really young age. And by the way, there is no age limit to a mentor or, or a person within your profession to just go back and forth with on ideas because mm -hmm. student and teacher are evolutionary. The student becomes the teacher, the teacher becomes the student, and it just keeps going because it's a constant learning cycle. Your industry will never stop. It will never peak. So it's important to keep connected to, to your peers, especially for me. I do stay connected to them. But when you see different heads of um, the industries like the banking industry or credit unions, or you see hospitals, healthcare. And I was exposed to that. And I was in circles where, uh, what are we going to do uh, for our city to make our city you know, viable and make sure that it's rich in vitality? Mm -hmm. You have to work together. But that also means you have to be clear on what it is you do, clear on what it is that you have as a problem and solutions that are going on. So I'm 20 and I'm sitting at these tables and I'm taking notes and I'm delivering the notes back. And I was like, wow, this is how business works. It's not just one set of, mm -hmm. it's not just one professional service that's running everything. No, everybody has to work together. So it was, it was going in there and, and, and hustling. Yeah. No, kudos to you. Because I think, I mean, I think it's easy to say, well, I was exposed to a lot, but you know, a lot of people are exposed to things, but you like, you got it, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think, you know, again, I don't want to oversimplify things, but that that's, that's a major kudo to you. So. No, thank you. Yeah, that, that's I awesome. was also given some creative freedom too. So there were some, there were local state in a, like a couple federal things I got to do at a young mm -hmm. age. So it's like, okay, I get to see business on different Levels, levels too and it's right i didn't have i didn't have the like a, a fear or a scarcity mindset when i went back to say hey i tried this and didn't really go as well because they knew my limit right my boss knew my limit and he also mm -hmm. knew it pushed me which helped me because i am not afraid to get out and chat in front of people mm -hmm. i'm just not and so that <laughs> so that that helped me too is yeah. having that that sense of freedom. Right. I would think so. Have you, you taken a Myers-Briggs or a DISC assessment before? Oh, I have. Yeah, I, I, would, am... I would, I would have to think you're a super high I in, in a good way. I think I am. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's been a minute. I, we used to do those in like when I was in young professionals, uh -huh. I mean, I'm still a young, younger professional, but I can't remember what my four letters were. Yeah. I, I... <laughs> no, I get it. That, but that that's all good. This is the stuff that makes us better at being who we are, right? Like just this knowledge is, is a huge thing. That's, you know, looking back, that's the, that's the one thing I wish I started earlier is, is working on myself, right? Is, is self-awareness, 
understanding strengths and weaknesses, understanding how you fit in, understanding how others fit in, like being able to sit in a room and read a room and, and, oh, yeah. and, and you know, and I think it's from what it sounds like is like, you had so many opportunities, you know, you got in your 10,000 hours by the time you were 21, <laughs> right? Like, you, you know, you, you got to experience all those things, which is awesome. There was, I can't tell you the amount of joy I love. I've never, I mean, there are days where it's hard, but I love connecting. I literally love my work. I mm -hmm. love the work. I love membership. I love people coming together, networking. I love when people have healthy conflict and they find a resolution. I do it because you all learn from it. And I also love seeing people succeed. And when I have those candidate calls at the beginning and they're like, I don't know if this is going to work for me. And I, and I always say, I can't wait to talk to you in a year. Mm -hmm. You're going to be a totally different person and we're going to have a different conversation and I'm going to see you evolve through it. And it's, it's very warming. It's the same thing of when, when I oversee the groups with the group leader, they can't see what I know is going to happen mm -hmm. because it's patience. Right. Networking is a game of patience. It's a game of persistence. And I'm like, oh, you got it, but we're gonna you're we're gonna go through the time, the obstacles, and the work because I'll put a couple numbers out. I'll say when you start a network and you are first going in, I would say a lot between 15 to 20 hours within the first year if you truly are trying to get after it. And that is with driving, that's meeting time, and that's just doing your research. I would mm -hmm. say 20 hours each month and then having um, three different meetings you're going to each month through that 20 hours and going to one social a quarter. Those are just some points that I would put out that like just put in your head and and try to work a schedule around that. Right. Mm -hmm. Because not having a network is not having a net worth. We know that we know that it's very important. Can, can you say that again? Because I, I think, yeah, that was that was that was a, that was a pretty big nugget right there. Let's let's stop not that again. Having a net work is not having a net worth. It is yeah, critical awesome. to have not not only for yourself, but you are just you become a magnet for your clients when you just understand and know who's in the room that's not you, that has different skill sets than you. You just, not only your clients, but to all of your networks. And then you start to notice that you have different networks within your life and you're like, and it's very, it's energizing mm -hmm. when you go out and you hear buzzwords and you're like, oh my gosh, it is like a tax. It's a crazy tax problem. Right. And then you have the tax wizards that, you know, right. Cause they yep. do, they do the magician's work out in their corner and you're like, wow, I know X, Y, and Z. And they're like, how do you know that? And you become, you get in your body. And I see this all the time. I see somebody that is normally like this, get in their body because they can help someone. Mm -hmm. And you just become, you just become tall in the way that you speak. And then that stuff that builds and you become taller and taller, not in like an egotistical way, but as in a very wholesome oh, helper way. Uh, and confidence, it's, right. It is. It's, that's yeah. the word. It's confidence. Thank you. And right. I am just like clapping in the background because I Yay. know that this is the secret sauce. Right. I know that. I know that once you listen and you start identifying that you have other networks and that you start being able to refer 
you start giving it back and then you have this natural need to like want to pay it forward. Mm -hmm. Same reason why I'm here chatting with you. I had, I had many people take chances on me and I did not get here by myself. Mm -hmm. So many people took me under their wings, whether it was city, whether it was county, whether it was economic development or just my mentor, but they made me a better person because I wanted to be a better person. Right. And well, I, was. I think that's a, that's a big key right there because you wanted to, right. Yeah. And you were open and accepting of that. Um, but I, we have members that are, that want to want to know how to do it yep. and we won't do it for them, but we mm -hmm. can show them and we can right. have the conversations and then they can become a beautiful butterfly. There you go. And do their thing. Yeah. Right. The, the word that's coming to mind when you're, you know, you were talking about how we fit into this network that we have, right? Yeah. It, it, it's almost like, and we don't realize it, but we're part of this ecosystem, right? We're part of an ecosystem and we're parts of different ecosystems yes. by all the connections and networks that we have, as opposed to we're just kind of solo out there. Right. And yes. hoping we don't run into something. Right. <laughs> so true. Acting. Um, so acting individualistic is mm -hmm. not the way to go. Right. It is. We are naturally as humans, as organisms in symbiotic relationships. Right. constantly. Human, human beings are we're, we're pack animals. We need yeah. to be together. Right. And um, we thrive that way. Mm -hmm. And there isn't there is healthy competition always around us. There is no one. You're never going to be a solo in your profession in provisors or in any network where you alone are the only person in there. And um, group uh, Warner Center One group leader Janice Miller wrote a book called Cooperation that said I was, you I was know, just thinking about yes that, that yep. you can help. She and she will refer to her quote unquote competition because. There is enough work to go around. There, there's and more there, than enough work to go around. Yeah. yeah. And not every client is a good, is a client that you a need good right fit. now. Right. Yes. It's a good fit or a good yeah. time or what have you. Right. And in provisors, especially in our specialty groups, they are mm -hmm. notorious for competition referring to each other. Right. Which would, which the outside eye would see as competition, but we see as cooperation. Co yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that term. I mean, it is, yeah. it is so true. And I think, Part of the deal, you know, in our industry is because almost anybody can kind of do what we do, you know, it's different. It's different than a CPA or an investment advisor or an attorney or even insurance or engineer. We're not, we're not government regulated. So almost anybody can do what we do. Now, the issue though, is how do we elevate to truly be an advisor, right? And and a, a trusted advisor means sometimes saying no because you know somebody else could be better for them than you, right? But that that's where you have to take the ego out of the equation, yes. right? And, and the and the competition, right? Well, if and thinking that it's a zero sum game, right? Well, if I say no and he gets it, then he's he's getting the money and not me, as opposed to. Well, maybe I'll get something else, or maybe I'll get, or maybe I'll be able to focus on the clients that I have more, right? Like, I mean, there's so many different ways to to look at this, as opposed to, well, we just we all just have one pie, and whatever you can scrape out of that pie is what you're going to get, as opposed to, well, hey, let's just bake a bigger pie. Yeah, <laughs> we can all do better. Or we all have different. I mean, for instance, 
Mr. Guitar, Mr. School of Rock and Roll over there. You, I had no idea that you played guitar. And uh, it's, it's just been known it, to happen. Yeah. <laughs> but it, just having that in the background and being able to connect out like of just interest, there's some people that like saying, hey, you know, it could be your direct link mm -hmm. that you connected on because you play guitar. Mm -hmm. And this other person is like, wow, that is just something I've been passionate about. Maybe they don't want to do, but they want to learn more about. And because you have an interest or because you have a past life, you're able to connect, create a direct link and magic happens that way. I see that happen all the time because of a past, a past hobby or a current hobby or whatever it is that they all of a sudden find a direct link or a direct business link of maybe a more common profession, like you right. said, or maybe that's not government regulated. Right. Um, but you have things that make you, you. Right. Well, I and can then, give you, sorry, yeah. I, I can ahead. give you two. I mean, when you said that it's, it's interesting because two definite examples where that totally fits in, right? Um, so one is I saw on LinkedIn, somebody posted something about his progress practicing guitar. And I saw that I was like, wow, that's so cool. Okay, so I wrote to him. Next thing you know, we're, we're meeting and having a Troika together, right? Like, I didn't know him. He's not in, over guitar. Over, yeah, and it started there. And <laughs> you know, nice guy does, he's an investment advisor and, you know, great. Okay. And then the, the other side of the coin is I met, you know, I had a Troika with some people in our group back when I first joined and I found, you know, a couple of these people were so into music. Like I was like, I, I, I hate to say this, but it's a classic don't judge a book by its cover. You know, some somebody who I thought might be a stodgy old lawyer, you know, <laughs> don't hold that against me. And I find out they're, you know, they go to a hundred different concerts a year. And I'm like, oh my, you yes. know, my, my, you know, I, I, because of my preconceived notions, I, I, that got the better of me as opposed to really just, you know, meeting and talking and finding out more about them and going, oh my God, okay. There's, whether there's a connection or not, you learn, you know, just about. Well, people. that's, we have to go back to, we come in here with seven to 10 years experience and mm -hmm. we are not immediate gratification when we first meet someone. Right. It is the long game. Mm -hmm. Every person is the long game because we all go through phases of life and we all go through phases of what have you and always being open and receptive and asking those open-ended questions if it looks like you can't do business, you know, directly is never going to be an ending, right? There's never right. going to be an ending unless you make it saying, oh, I'm not ever going to talk to this person again because I can't see directly. I can't see us having a two-way street in business. Right. Like, no. How, but how short-term is that, right? You, you don't know. Right. You don't know what life's going to throw at you in the, you know, in, in the future. No. Yeah. Not at all. So I love also one of the things that, that you had mentioned was that you coach leaders, you coach leaders to lead yeah. groups. And, yes. and I think that that's an awesome, you know, it's, it's, it's that coaching, coaching somebody like, yeah, just sharing knowledge and, and coaching people to be better. And I'm, I'm curious, like, what is, what is coaching a leader to be a better leader look like for you? So 
there's the self-discovery and the identification of like the very first thing I look for is a sense of otherness. Um, to be able to have a character around, um, I, I see you, I see you, I see you, and I want to help all of you. It's a mm -hmm. sense of not me, but somebody else. I look for um, them to see them. How do they talk about themselves? Like, how do they see themselves in the community? How do other people see themselves in the community? Right? Because when I see a leader, I usually, I do background work, you know, mm -hmm. before that, just to right. see, you know, on their website, on their LinkedIn, I talk to who I know I can trust and provisors. And then I see where they have other networks. And so once we identify that, we start to see where we align and we see if our core values align. Like, so if I'm looking to bring in a leader or if I'm looking at an existing leader, we have to go back. We'll go back to the core values, core values of whatever it is where let's just, for instance, say provisors and we'll, we'll make sure that like, this is what we're doing. Do you understand that? Do you think you are doing it? And giving them an opportunity to say, I didn't really think of it this way or yes, like, thank you for reminding me. And then having them look to see, you know, when they are doing the work and they're getting the agendas ready and they're getting the meetings ready and seeing they're, they're delegating correctly. And you can do self-discovery in there and saying, Hey, how's your EC? Mm -hmm. How is, how often is your EC meeting? How much time are you allotting to making sure that this group is functioning? And then we can do again, another set of breakdowns after that to see, you know, the different avenues and how to split up time and seeing what, should stay on your plate and go on to somebody else's plate and then talking to the peer group. So I make sure that, that leaders are talking, mm -hmm. that they're still influential within their group and they still have a sense of otherness and character that they're aligned on the core values that, and that they're consistent, right? That they're consistently showing up, that they're not outsourcing all of the work and just all of a sudden just being a speaker. Cause I don't need a speaker. Nobody mm -hmm. needs a speaker in front. We want somebody that's fully engaged. And you know when your leader in any network and in any group is not engaged, the group starts to fall apart because it's mm -hmm. a reflection of the leader. Right. And so, so once we do all the identification, we then go into like the execute, which is, all right, let's share a compliment, accomplishments that we're doing right now. Let's share problems we're doing right now. Let's share priorities we're doing right now. And so we, we do a back and forth. And so it gives me a way to hear where they're at and it gives them a way to hear where I'm at. And then we can build a plan that aligns and goes forward together. And so that lets me know what needs to be done, what I need to tackle and block, and then how to position the group. Mm -hmm. So, because every group is in a different phase, in a different life, right. especially in in provisors and we're in something called a legacy region. We're in the region that started it all. So mm -hmm. we have, you know, a 30 plus year region. We have members that have been in here for 30 years. We have members that have been in here for one day. Right. And so making sure that we're all getting a shared experience of that reflects the provisors mission and the goals and that the mantra is consistent and that we're blending the new in. And we're blending, you know, the veterans and the rookies to make sure that we have a succinct meeting where we're just connecting. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes um, you'll have leaders that will tell me that, you know, hey, I, I see this, you know, 
what could we do better? Or they'll say, this is actually working really well. Or they'll give me feedback to say, this is working for me. And I'll share those nuggets with another group leader. So we're just always this like this web of connecting to make sure that we're sharing what's working and what's not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that's super important. And I, I mean, I, again, I don't want to just keep throwing kudos and upon kudos upon kudos, but you know, you recently attended one of our meetings and just your input and feedback was so valuable. It was huge. And, And I, and I'm sure, you know, I'm, I'm super lucky and I know that I am because I'm, you know, I'm in Westlake one and I'm in a group run by Davis, the guy who founded yeah. it, um, mm-hmm. you know, and there's, there are a lot of legacy slash veterans. Um, so just huge opportunities to learn, right. And just see how people do what they do. So what, is there anything in the, in the future, in the near future you see coming up or anything that you could share or anything you think we should be thinking about in the networking world? So what I see in our region, so we're, we've built out Ventura County in mm-hmm. our region. So right now you're seeing the molding and the shaping and Ventura 1, 2, and 3, we've added 2 and 3 within the last year and a half, are really starting to take shape and, and build their own character. And so we're going to have the Santa Barbara County, Ventura County, um, and Los Angeles County. So we have three major counties that are going to be, I believe, working more together. We're connecting and building more of a unit. Not saying that we weren't ever a unit before, Mm -hmm. but we had within the last, I've been here for four years, we had a good shift of a healthy retirement. And then we brought in a healthy amount of new people. of new members that fit the provisor's standards. So what I believe we will see is a little bit more guesting. We're going to see a little bit more strategic guesting. We also have opened up more across the United States. Mm -hmm. So guessing not only in our region, but it's, we still have a big chunk of provisors that's virtual. Do you want to build your whole network on virtual, especially in the legacy region? Probably not. Right. But you have access to that. You have access to groups that you've never had access to before. So opening up your eyes and possibly your time to seeing what else is out in the United States, because again, you don't want to assume a network. So I, I foresee more guesting, not only across the across the counties, but across the, the United States of America, mm-hmm. because we've really built out the East Coast and we've also built some in the South too. So right. Uh, as far as new markets, I can't, I can't release that um, because those are not set in stone yet. Right. Public knowledge, but yes, we will be adding probably a couple new markets within the next year. Well, it's, it's definitely interesting, you know, certainly interesting the last couple of years that we've been living through and, and when provisors, you know, I mean, we had to go virtual right in, in March, April, 2020 had to go virtual. And for some people that was tough. And for others, it was great. I, I do like the fact, and I, I I believe over the last couple of years, because of the virtual, we were able to connect and meet with people from different locations, right? Just having somebody from San Francisco, having somebody from Dallas, having somebody from Denver, or guesting at their groups, or having a wide variety of, of affinity groups that you could now partake in. believe, you know, in person obviously is the best. There's no question. Right. But the flexibility that I I think the pandemic has kind of brought to us 
right, is one of the unintended consequences of, of the whole situation. That I, I, I do think that Provisors has been, you know, accepting and not only just accepting of, but leveraging to, to advance these different. Oh my goodness. The, t- and still you're get you're adding that talent, right? Mm-hmm. You're still adding right. talent. It's not like you're just adding random professionals. It's still the seven to 10 year, um, just in a different state or in, I mean, I think we're in over 19 regions across the United States and one specific example, I know our Canada, our SoCal cannabis affinity group and our NorCal or cannabis affinity group were able to really share resources with each other and refer to each other in a way that they weren't ever able to do before. Mm -hmm. Um, I also remember, gosh, I think it was at a Sherman Oaks two group where a Seattle member zoomed on in and gave a testimonial. And I think that was one of my very first times seeing the ability of what zoom could do, right. Mm -hmm. Or what virtual networking could do. Exactly. And so what, what I do see in our region is most of our groups are back in person. Mm-hmm. We do have the exception of, I mean, we have one virtual, it's the LAV one mm-hmm. and it's all virtual, but they recommend the truck is in person. So they still have an in-person component, but there's, there are still a bunch of groups that want to do at least one or two Zooms a year to not exclude outside guests to come in mm-hmm. and you know give testimonials or learn about the group. But so that's what I see. I see Zoom not totally going away. I see the guesting opportunity huge, especially for affinity groups. I do see it in affinity groups. Um, I know that we in our region, uh, we have notorious like old school affinity groups where getting in there and being in-person presence and having that essence is huge. It's just mm-hmm. embedded in it, especially in our region. Right. But I do see it how it has benefited other regions and how it's opened up um, professions to be able from all over the world to come to one central location right. and I, all over the, not the world, but the U.S. Right. Definitely see that as one of the unintended consequences or unintended benefits, you know, that, yeah. that <laughs> the pandemic has put on us. But yes. so I think we're coming up on, you know, our time here. So I just wanted to have a, a couple last questions for you. So what do you, what do you have, you know, you personally coming up in the future, anything to, to report on? So as far as personal, I have the last few years, I became a scuba diver. I moved out here from- Oh my God, uh, awesome. Yeah, so yeah. I became a scuba diver. I became an advanced diver. I I did coral restoration diving in Utila, Honduras. And I plan to either go to Bonaire and then, well, I will go to Bonaire to do coral restoration diving there to help replant and restore corals in the, mm-hmm. the Caribbean. And then also Coral Restoration Foundation in Florida. Um, that is something I want to give back to and something I deeply care about. Um, as far as professional development, it is keeping the conversations going. The end goal for me is to make sure that I stay a professional connector. That is, that's till the end of time. And how I do that is making sure that I'm around people that are excited to be where they want to be that are natural natural born leaders and that are that care about what they're doing and that that for me is is enough well i i don't think that that's going to take any any extra effort on your part i think that's just <laughs> just natural you know i can just feel that coming off of you so i'm sure that's just going to be 
you know, your future. That's the way it professional works. connector till the professional end. Professional connector. I love that. That is just so, so cool. Any parting advice for any business owners out there or anything that you'd, you know, recommend? My parting advice is you always have the ability to bring on the light within someone just by being present, being a resource and just listening. That is, and will always take you further than any other piece of education that you have beneath you or expertise is being present, keeping the light on and just listening will take you everywhere. I I don't think I could have ended it any better. I mean, that's perfect. You know, that could have been scripted. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for that. Oh, I appreciate it. Yeah. So la- last question would be if, you know, if anybody wants to get in touch with you, what's what's the easiest way? And we'll definitely have, you know, your your LinkedIn and email or whatnot in um, the show notes, but any, any other place that, that... Yeah, I mean, find me on LinkedIn. That is the best place for... I mean, I'm always up for a coffee. I'm always up for a phone call to anyone that's trying to better themselves and they want to do it. I am I am so happy to give up my time to help you. Well, thank you so much, Paige. This has been just a fantastic conversation. I appreciate your time so much. And I am, thank you, let me Craig. see if I can remember. I'm focused, I'm listening, um, the light's on, and I'm hearing you. Yeah, just right. got it. Just that's it. Just be present. Just be present. So cool. Thank you so much, Paige. Thank you. Have a good rest of your day. And that was Paige Murphy, Regional Director of Provisors. I hope you found the conversation as interesting as I did. It's always great to dive into the mind of a subject matter expert like Paige. And there are certainly a lot of nuggets there, and I hope you can apply some of them right away. Thanks again, Paige, for your time and sharing all your great thoughts with our listeners. If you'd like to find out more about Paige, learn more about Provisors, or simply want to connect with her, check out the show notes for more details. Thanks so much for listening to the show this week. To learn more about this episode or hear previous episodes, check out the show notes at www.fpainc.com slash podcast. And if you like today's show, please do us a favor and share it with your friends. We'd really appreciate getting the word out there. And you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. And while you're there, please do give us a review. Again, we'd really appreciate that. You can also write to us at podcast at fpainc.com. And if you want to send us a tweet, our handle on Twitter is at fpainc. I'm Craig Pollock, and you've been listening to the FPA Business Before Technology podcast. And remember, with FPA, it's always about business before technology. Take care. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.